Good morning, everyone. Good to see a few guys last night. Hey, Warren, good to see you, mate. Alison, thanks for the shout-out. Yeah, we loved having you in Sydney, mate. It was great to hang out. It really was. Um, it's kind of cool to do that stuff, isn't it? That is for sure. Puts um, Certainly puts things in perspective, I think, when we... When we uh, when we see how um, you know how uh, I don't know how how in a good position we are in Australia, that's for sure. There you go. Hey, Jacinta, Brendan, Jay, Jimmy, Luke, Ben. Hey, great to see all of you guys. Thanks for joining this morning for another Wealth Coffee chat. All uh, yeah, I had a good night. Good night last night. It was great to see Dr. Andrew. Uh, I've got a couple of little. Things we might talk about, sort of drill deeper. Maybe this week we might drill a bit deeper into some of Dr. Andrew's info last night. Um, Jeff, morning, mate. How are you going? Ben, good to see you. Uh, great to see everyone. Uh, whoever the Facebook user is, you're probably in the mentoring group or one of the one of the groups. Facebook doesn't let me see who you are. But um, welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat team. Oh, Nev, great to see you, buddy. Awesome to see you, uh, for sure. Hey, if you're new, or if you don't know who I am, that's my name, and uh, been property investing over 20, 22 years, I can't, I can't never remember. Should add it up one day and keep a little tally somewhere, but anyway, I've uh, been investing a bit, a bit of a long time, and uh, been coaching property investors, just like you guys, uh, or potentially just like you, for over 18 years. Uh, across Australia and New Zealand, and um, along the way, learnt one or two things. Like I said the other day, made more mistakes than uh, than many, uh, and uh, uh, I've got a return on them. Thankfully, <laughs> didn't make the same mistake too many more times than once. But along the way, learn a few things. Helped uh, a lot of amazing, awesome, great people buy a few deals, um, and. Um, and keep them, really. You guys know this. We've got a couple of sayings around here. Buy well, never sell. Or we've upgraded it a smidgen. Strategically sell when required to move your asset into a tax-free environment. Now, that doesn't roll off the tongue so well. So I just say buy well, never sell. And you know what I mean, okay? <laughs> uh, and this thing's a marathon, not a sprint, folks. We are going through something very normal. Interest rate rising. Very normal. Things go down, things go up. Uh, price volumes, the number of properties being sold, uh, and the price points at which those properties are being sold and purchased at are adjusting. Now, the media would like you to think that the sky is falling, uh, and we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how the calculations are happening when the very unsophisticated, opinionated, unexperienced, fear-mongering media and commentators who aren't, who don't understand the realities of the machinations of finance and property investing, how they come up with these ludicrous numbers. Um, how they come up with these ludicrous numbers. Okay? So we're going to talk about finance today. Are interest rates rising? And they're going to rise, and we all know that. And they're going to rise to... You know, a, a little bit. I mean, let's face it, folks. Interest rates are not, they're still pretty cheap. Come on. Like, 
it, like, man, you know, the cost of money is seriously low. I'm going to whack that chart in there as well. I've got, I forgot a chart that I was going to show you, but I've got it in my Prezo now. Just let's have a look at it. But, you know, the the cost of money is still pretty low. At You know, at 4% or 5%, it is still pretty low. Yeah, as you go. Bloody stamp juice. Yeah, well, Alison, and that's the interesting thing, isn't it? You know, politicians, new set of politicians, you don't know what those guys will do, stomping around, changing taxes and changing things. But these are normal problems, team, um, as we go. Um. And I think, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not a big uh, I don't own a lot of shares. Uh, my super fund owns shares, but else and I think that uh, you know over time the market will recover. And Andy Fenton talks about it all the time. There's there's this idea of value where there's underlying value, and it's the fear, it's the it's the fear and. Um, Inexperience, the market sort of gets scared, drops, and then it comes back up. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about shares because that's not my wheelhouse. So uh, I won't have an opinion where I'm not educated, nor am I an expert on. Um, maybe we'll get Andy on for that one. That'd be good. But folks, I wanted to talk to you guys today about about how do how how does <laughs> how do how do how ah uh, maybe I need another coffee how. How are those calculations arrived at when the, um, you know, people say, oh, the house prices are going to drop 20, 30%. Uh, and they're arrived at when it comes to serviceability, okay? The ability to have access to money, team. And um, let's dive into that part of the Prezo today. Let's see if my, uh, let's see if my iPad is working. Here we go. All right, so this is a borrowing calculation sheet, right? Um, this is a borrowing calculation sheet for uh, of recent times. So I did this in April, so we're now in June. So it might have changed a smidgen, um, and I'll get this done again. However, this is one of um, uh, this is an example client of what they can borrow when we run them through a serviceability calculator, okay? So let's just quickly, uh, where can I write something here? Maybe I'll just put it here. We'll zoom in, all right? So the thing that gives, uh, the thing that adjusts access to money and borrowing team is a thing called servicing, right? The ability to service a debt and then your um, your deposit that you have, okay? So what happens if you're able to get access to a certain lending product? You might be able to borrow at 90 or even 95% because maybe you haven't got a loan yet. Maybe you're a first home buyer. Maybe you could even borrow at 97% and get the government uh, the government guarantee, all sorts of interesting things, right? Okay, so the so the deposit or the loan to value ratio is actually the simplest issue in borrowing terms to solve. You know, if you borrow above ninety percent, you'll pay a little bit of lender's mortgage insurance. You know, that's a certain percentage, usually between one and two percent of your total borrowing. 
to get access to, you know, another uh, level of lending, okay? Now, I like the idea most of us should be borrowing in the early days at 90%, and I'm not going to dive into that today, okay? Uh, So that's the easy one. That's the easy one to kind of rationalize and understand. If you've got a certain deposit, that's a terrible tick anyway. um, I'll get rid of that. Um, If you've got a certain deposit and... If you have a certain profile, you've got a job and you look pretty straight at 180, uh, that's an easy calculation to work out. But the one that is the most difficult and the one that affects things um, significantly is the ability to service the loan. So it's a ratio of your income, the dollars in, to a percentage a percentage that the lenders will allow you to use towards to service a mortgage, all right? So I'm not going to dive deep into the machinations of how they work it out, but there's a few things that have to be um, understood or um, taken into consideration. Hopefully that makes sense. I was trying to sort of lay a little bit of foundations here. So what we did, we went off and we got some calculations for some of our uh, borrowers out there. Um, someone who wanted to get a loan. Now, the interesting thing is not all lenders are created equal either. So stick with me here. I'm going to bring this to, you know, something that means something at the end of the day here. So right now, we took one of our clients out and we said, all right, what's the go? Let's go and get them a loan out there in the marketplace and let's see how the lenders are calculating their ability to borrow their ability to borrow, okay? Now, stick with me. I'm going to try and stick all this together in a minute, okay, because I I want you to see the differences here. Okay, so, you know, we have a number of lenders here. You can see them on the left there. And this is the same person or the same couple, the same income, the same position, and here's what the lenders have come back with, right? So you can see what happens in borrowing terms when it comes to serviceability, the lenders have a look at an interest rate that is far over and above the actual borrowing rate that you're going for or the rate that they would give you, okay? So does anybody know right now, and a few of you guys might know, what the buffer interest rate, so the on top of rate at the moment is the is in general terms being used across the the board when it comes to borrowing. Put that in the chat for me if you guys... um, So if you're going for a loan, you can qualify for 3% loan or let's say 3.5% loan. What do the majority of lenders, boom, Chris O's all over it, all over it, 3%. So what, yep, uh, and it's it's varied between 2.5% and 3% for the last three years. Nice, nice team. So... If you look in here, mostly when it comes to borrowing terms, ladies and gents, mostly when it comes to borrowing terms, the major banks, the main banks are controlled and um, leveraged by APRA, okay? So they said you need to put 3% on top. Uh, A few, well, probably a year ago it was 2.5%. So the borrowing has already been built in the cost of borrowing has already been built in 
to those who have borrowed. Certainly over the last three years, or actually since 2017, what's that now? Five years. Crikey, time's going fast. Last five years, five years, team, it's already been built in. It's already been built in, okay? So uh, when we're looking at, you know, are interest rates really going to matter and everyone's going to not be able to afford to live and the world's going to end and there's a disaster, well, the answer is bloody no. It's just bullshit, right? They've already built in to every single loan a significant amount of increases for that person not to be under financial stress, okay? So uh, the idea that everyone's going to run for the hills and blah, 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 <coughs> yes, it's going to get more expensive. If you are a if you are an owner-occupier, you've got a principal interest loan, it's going to cost you more. But is it going to put you in uh, the gutter because you can't afford to live in your house? Unless you've lied on your loan application or something significantly has changed in your financial circumstances, then the answer is no. And there's plenty of other things. People have got equity. People have got savings. We've got more savings than we've ever seen uh, in Australia's history. We're richer than we've ever been in Australia's history. $1.1 trillion was added to the property market in six months, in the last six months of 2021 alone. Ludicrous amounts. All right. Anyway, let's go. So there's other things. There's other things, right? There's a borrowing buffer. There's an assessment rate. Then there's a, a, um, a living expenses. So check out the living expenses, okay? So every lender has a certain certain amount of, of dollars and numbers that they must do. And what you will notice here from a borrowing point of view, if our lenders go to the ANZ Bank, they are going to be able to borrow the least amount of money, the least amount of money with the same income. So, but if we go to other other places, and you can notice this, look at the major banks, look at the major lenders and their assessment rates here. You know, six, seven, six, seven, six, six, seven. High sixes and sevens. High sixes and sevens. So that they are more conservative when it comes to borrowing and lending, and also more uh, under more scrutiny when it comes to APRA and that stuff. All right. So let's have a look at the ones above it. Now we're looking at fives, 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 fives. Now we're getting into the territory of what's called non-bank lending, folks, non-bank lending. So, and if you look at this, check out the difference here. You can you can look at, I'll do Rezi Mac and Bank of Queensland because people know who that is. That one's the Bank of China. Anyway, let's, let's just put those in there. Let's just put it in there. All right, Bank of China, um, Rezi Mac and Bank of Queensland. Have a look at their assessment rates, 5.7, 5.3, 5.3. Check out down here, Latrobe. Oh, not Latrobe. I think it's – is that Bluestone Mortgages? <laughs> no. Uh, connective Essentials. All right, down here. That's a loan product, by the way, folks. Okay, so 4.9. And we have a look at what is going on with that sort of stuff. Now – the difference between going to the ANZ Bank, check it out, the difference between going to the ANZ Bank, the ANZ Bank, and going to, let's say, the Bank of China or Resimac, whatever it is, whoever's lending you the money. And it really doesn't matter. Australia's banking system is quite, like, is significantly safe, right? 
The difference is you go, all right, 740 minus, you know, 462. That's $278,000. All right. All right, that, that's ludicrous, team. All right. So when it comes to servicing, they've already built it in. But here's how the lenders are coming up with these ludicrous, not the lenders, the, 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 uh, the opinionators are coming up with these ludicrous numbers, ludicrous numbers, right? So basically they're grabbing the bank, like just one lender, um, and this has been done by a really good friend of mine, Tim Boyle. Shout out to Tim. Uh, check him out. Uh, Tim services and takes care of uh, the medical profession when it comes to uh, mortgage broking. He's a good guy. So if you are a medical professional, he's he's good at that stuff, especially nurses he specialises in. Um, so shout out to Tim. Thanks for letting us use your stuff, Tim. But he's done um, – he's done – some examples here. So, you know, if interest rates go up by 0.25 and then HEM rises, it's the, the cost of living, the the cost of living. If those things go up, what does it do? How does it affect a borrowing, right? So first home buyers borrowing capacity in this example could be 13% down, okay? 13% down. Now, this is just all the costs going up, Okay. And if you come down here to look at the investor, you know, 15th of April and over here, you could be down, you know, close to 20 or 30%, okay? In potential borrowing power, ladies and gents, okay? Now, is that, that's one-dimensional. That is how these opinionators are coming up with, oh, the property market's going to fall 25%. Because everybody, which is a bunch of rubbish, right? Everybody now is going to, has lost 24% of their borrowing power. Uh, so now they're all just going to buy like that. And for investors, tell me right now in the chat, team, well, our costs may go up, but what else is going up to offset that? Tell me right now in the chat, something that is going absolutely spastic ballistic right now. We are in the middle of a massive boom when it comes to this thing. What's offsetting it? What will offset that pretty well, as far as I'm concerned, by the time it's done, two to three years flow through, 100%. It'll be on the other side of positive. It'll it'll overcompensate for interest rate rises. Boom. The rent, your rental returns, team. This is bullshit. This is, it's one dimensional. Now, now Tim's not saying that that's the case. He's showing that this is the example of how those things uh, are occurring. So thanks, Tim. But property prices dropping 25% because now with one calculation and one lender, you can borrow 25% less. Well, let's take... That, that person who was at the ANZ anyway and say, well, listen, mate, ladies and gents, whoever you are, let's go borrow with Resimac. You're not borrowing less at all. Matter of fact, now you've, your eyes are open and you can borrow more, okay? And that's how it works. That's, that's, that's how the calculation happens as it goes along. So did that make sense? Give me a shout-out in the chat today. Like, it, it's not one-dimensional, ladies and gents. It's, it's multi-dimensional. Uh, everybody doesn't buy at their maximum borrowing power anyway when it comes to their owner-occupiers. 
And you're, you're dead right, Alison. There's no bloody supply around anyway. There might be one or two people in circumstances that are unfortunate. They might need to sell quickly. But if you just paid $1.2 million for a property in the last few years, what? why would you dust 20%? Why would you walk away for 20% less? Here's a shout-out right now. <clears throat> Here's an official offer. Anybody who wants to sell their property for 20% less than they bought it, give me a call. You know who I am. <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. Anybody? Any of you guys? Any of you guys want to do it? Oh, that's ludicrous. It's a dumb idea. Anyway, what may happen is the volume of property sales pricing, the volume at a certain price point might adjust, okay? And that adjustment might go down. Like Andrew said, you know, the worst we've ever seen it was a 5% total adjustment, okay? Um, And that was because of access to finance, access to money, ladies and gents. Um, as you go. Interest rates going to 8%, not likely. <laughs> Gee, they're carrying on like a bunch of turkeys, aren't they, Brendan? I think they were, maybe, I did hear that there was talk about the inflation going to, um, you know, 7 or 8%. So anyway, my advice to all of you guys uh, is to just ignore that media rubbish, take a holiday, um, buy the properties that you like the look of, that you'd like to own for the next 15 or 20 years, Get on with it. Get on with it, team. You guys know my opinion. You, you guys know Sam's opinion. Uh, and if you don't, if you're new, well, uh, hang around. You might learn something and you might just uh, push on through. Yeah, grow your own lettuce. <laughs> it's actually easy to grow lettuce, Alison. It is. If you've got a little bit of the little aquaponics stuff is pretty good, actually. Anyway, I'm rabbiting on now. You guys get the drill right. Interest rate rises are not the death knock. It's not over in it by any stretch of the imagination. Access to funds are still there. Lending is, is still straightforward. Money is actually still very, very cheap in comparison. Put a bit of perspective on it. Um, and uh, if you are a property investor, just keep going. At the end of the day, this is about acquiring the properties that you need. It's not about reacting to short-term normal problems in a marketplace. Don't make it abnormal. An interest rate going up is not abnormal. It's normal. And tell me something I haven't seen in 22 years happen about 20 times. Normal problems. Don't make them more than they should be, team. All right? Awesome. Good to see you. Thanks for the shout-out, team. Uh, You guys be awesome and well. Join me tomorrow. Another Wealth Coffee Chat round about 10 past 8. And we'll keep drilling into some of the data that Dr. Andrew uh, has uh, has thrown our way. It was good info, really good, straightforward info. I love it. It just settles us all down. That's what I say. All right, team, you guys be awesome. Have a good one. Bye for now. 